Hello, fellow dog-powered sports enthusiasts. This is Chelsea Murray, and you are listening to Positively Dog-Powered, a podcast that dives deep into the real world of positive reinforcement training and dog-powered sports. Today on the show, I'll be talking to Nancy Reyes. Nancy is a professional dog trainer and owns Four Your Canine in Illinois, where along with her team of trainers, she helps clients turn puppies into well-mannered adult dogs and helps clients train and compete in sports like nose work and agility. Nancy is also a certified mental management instructor so that she can help the human side of the team work through competitive stress that's impacting their performance. It's not always the easiest thing to navigate for people, especially our newcomers, because as we get into new sports and start trying new things, it's very normal for us to all have anxiety about it. You know, it's, it's new and that's normal, but in order for us to be, you know, a good partner for our dog, we also need to learn how to manage that and how to improve ourselves so that we're a good partner for our dogs. So today we've invited you on here to talk a little bit about mental management and Nancy, can you tell us a little bit about what that is? So um, the reason I, I used to, I did agility for very many years before uh, nose work and always the stress of being in competition and things like that was very difficult for me. So yeah. I, I learned about uh, Lanny Basham that has mental management systems and I had him come out many, many years ago to do a training on mental management that I used for agility. And over the years, I it's improved and it's also for life too. But I specifically were looking at dog sports. So then I started teaching nose work, which I loved. And we started the competition side of that, which I enjoyed. And then as I'm coaching people through agility and nose work and all these different sports, I realized in nose work specifically, I had very good, technically sound dogs and people And they were still going out to the trials and having a very difficult time. Mm -hmm. They were not qualifying and they were like ready. They had, they had their, the dog had skill, the human had skill. Everybody was where they needed to be and still couldn't qualify. And then, and it brought me back to mental management systems. So I did because of a few of of those clients of mine, I became a certified instructor in mental management to be able to help them progress to the next level right Uh because from a tank i mean there's always training and there's always room to improve and you're always going to be doing that but the mental piece was keeping them from being successful so i went through they did really well and they ended up uh, qualifying and achieving whatever goals they had because it's not about being the top it's just achieving whatever goals you have for your dog for you and your dog so that's kind of how i ended up doing that and so the mental management system is nothing uh it's what lanny did when in 1972 uh 72 or 70 he went and did the olympics as a rifle shooter and he came in second place then and he was like wondering why didn't he come in first what was the difference so he was set out to interview people and the top performers to see what's different about them versus everybody else. Mm-hmm. And so then that's how he came up with mental management systems and used it for himself. He, on the next Olympics, he came in first place and he's top of his game. And now he's been training other people doing golf and rifle shooting and everything, everything from a soup to nuts on uh, the mental management game. So that's kind of how, that's what brought me to that. And that, that's mm-hmm. what it and it really is about learning what you 
to how to have a plan or something, I meant a program to be able to to execute so that you can do the best uh, you can at trials and also be there for your dog because our right. dogs, some dogs are more sensitive to their owner's feelings and emotions than others. Others dogs will be like, oh, well, you'll be okay. Right? Others yeah. are like, I got oh, this. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, you just stand there because you're not. Uh, and then other dogs really care. And that yeah. affects them because it's like, okay, we're all going to die, I think, because she's all freaked out. So um, so that's why we try to help, you know, be, that's how we can be a better partner for our dogs. So. Yeah, absolutely. I love that because, you know, dog powered sports really are about the connection, you know, and oftentimes we think about going into a local race or a sanctioned race and you think about, Am I prepared? Have we put in the mileage? Do we have the endurance? Have we done our speed work? Have we done, you know, our core strength? Are we strong? Are we fit? Are we ready? And then we get on site and we fall apart because we forget about that mental component of, you know, race day jitters or anxiety and a little bit of stress, you know, or jitters is not necessarily a bad thing because it can give us a little bit of adrenaline, but too much of it. And it can almost mentally cripple us and get us, you know, stuck and bogged down with all of these negative thoughts and these what ifs. So this mental management program can help us kind of navigate that. Um, are there specific things with the management program that you help coach people through specific sure. things we should think about? Sure. So one of the things is what you think about, you bring about, and that is actually a really, really true statement. If, and I'll give you an example, like in uh, your, your sport, the dog part sport, it's very similar to nose work in that while your dog is hooked up to you and to a, you know, to your bike, it is really on the dog, right. To do his Mm -hmm. thing. Right. Yeah. He's got to do his job. So, so it's same with nose work. They know what their job is. They've trained for it. Mm -hmm. So let's say you're thinking, Oh my God, maybe he's going to stop and pee. He's going to stop and pee. And you're going to just thinking about that. You're going to think about that and you're going to think about that. And guess what he's going to do? Yeah. (laughs) So you want to not think about those things and whatever your thoughts are, your conscious thoughts, you want them to be feeding your subconscious, right? Because you're, it's, it's basically in how you, like when you're training, you're training all these technical skills that eventually become very automatic. For like driving a car. Uh When you learn how to drive, you're like, okay, I got to do this and I got to look this way and have all these steps, right? But now, those of us that have been driving a while, you don't even think about all that stuff. Same with dog sports, right? Yeah. Um, You already know how to rig the dog up. You already know how to set them up. You already know how to give them commands. You already know that it's second nature. Right. So you need to put in those thoughts like, okay, you need to have a program for your. Uh, for your race day. And and mm-hmm. the big thing, if you take away nothing else, is you need to be process oriented, not results oriented. Okay. So, so talk for, to us a little bit about that. So, for example, oh, I have to get that title. So your focus is on the result, not mm-hmm. the process. So in every race or every competition, depending on where you are in your journey, right? Mm-hmm. If you're a beginner or you're more advanced, you ha- there should be different goals that you're hitting that you're trying to hit. So for yeah. example, let's say you have a dog that had some some health issues that maybe um, took him out of his game and now this is your first race back. Your thoughts, your process, 
your results shouldn't be, I got to, I got to win this race. You uh-huh. want to see, how's my dog doing? What's the, you know, uh, what's our, and you can have a small goal, like, oh, I want him to just finish the race or, uh, and I want him to, you know, be happy and fit and, and be able to, um, complete this all, all the way through because he just got right. an injury. So, so your focus is on that, not the result. And most times when you focus on the process of getting to what you want to do, the results usually show up. Yeah. They usually show up. But if you're so results oriented, that's when you choke, right? That's when you are so, I got to get that title or I got to get that, uh, that you then you, you lose all that. You're just so yeah. worried about that instead of the process, yeah. about the goal and and enjoying the dog, being with the dog or whatever it is. So you want to have and every race or every like like in certain sports, uh, you like if you have one race where you go for miles and miles, it's one race, right? Uh-huh. So you want may want to have things and, and just like in nose work, you thoughts come in. So you want to think, yeah, we got this. My dog is strong. My dog can do this, um, or we you know and just breathing is really important so you want to be process oriented not results oriented because that's where people are that's where the disconnect is oh i gotta win why yeah i mean yes you want to win and you want to do well but maybe in this point in time in your career where you're learning where you're starting you may not that's not may may not be a good goal for you yeah and i think that's really important too because of course we all want to go into these events and do our best sure but i think if you have such an intense you know, results oriented goal or mindset as you're going through the event, one little slip up might happen. And then you're going to be beating yourself up about it the rest of the race. Like, gosh, that probably cost me it. Gosh, that was such a terrible turn. But if you're really focused more on the overall feelings and emotions in a positive manner, then you're there for the journey and you're not going to be letting those negative thoughts creep in as you're on course with your dog. Well, and just like in your race, maybe you're the the process or what you want to focus on for that race is I want to do better turns. I want to make our turns better and smoother. And that can be the focus of your, of your race. There's a turn coming up. We're going to make this beautifully nice and smooth and, and, and it's going to be not, it's not going to be wide or whatever. So that might, be the pro- your goal for that race we yeah. want to have smooth turns or yeah. tight turns or whatever your goal is instead of i gotta win it right so yeah. uh, because that is and then you want to feel good about that like if you did a tight and and the thing is and i think what you said about you want to do your best but your best may not be what my best is that day right it's our best for that day in that mo- in that moment in time yep. so you're you what I might want is my dog to have really good turns the rest of it doesn't matter especially if it's something we've been struggling with um in agility it's the same it's like I want to have really good weave pulls well let's focus on that for that day don't worry about Uh the rest of it nose work I want to have a better star line whatever that may be so I think we get so caught up in the I gotta win instead of Let's let's see where we at. Let's enjoy that process because you know what? At the end of the day, that's how you make improvements, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 you also at the end of each race, at the end of each session, training session, you should mm-hmm. be writing down what you did well, because you wouldn't be competing or you wouldn't be in that position if you weren't really doing something right, right? Right. So you want to write down what you did well, what your dog did well. Mm-hmm. And maybe what you need to work on, like, you know, oh, I need to 
um, you know, he needs to go a little faster. So that, that goes yeah. into training or whatever. And then you can then put that into your training plan instead of, oh, that cost me a few minutes. It's like, okay, yeah. we did that well. We did this well. You always want to focus in your training and in your trials what you did well, you and your dog. Because yeah. I think we tend to focus on what we did incorrectly. Yeah. And if you're, depending on how what kind of a learner you are, Having a notebook and and having it with you, writing down, uh, we did this well today in the, in, in training. Yeah. We did this well. You start feeding that beautiful, like I did that well. And then if yeah. you also want to see how consistently well you're doing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, like oh, I've consistently done X really, really well, and that you feed that subconscious so that your subconscious knows, oh, I do this very well. It's it is yeah. like me to do this very well, right? Yeah kind of becomes a positive mantra for you. Right. Right. Yeah. I really like writing things down too. And and like you said, focusing on positives and also improvements, because I think what can happen from, you know, weekend to weekend, race to race is that we'll end up beating ourselves up today about something that happened, you know, a week ago or at the last race we were at. And that's so counterproductive. But I find that, you know, that immediate writing things down and kind of reflecting on it gives you a chance to almost unload it, (laughs) you know, and then instead of bringing it with you to the next trial or whatever. Yeah, because that can be huge. That can be really detrimental to you know, your performance at right. that next race thinking, gosh, well, you know, I wiped out on a turn last time. Is, is today's course going to be really slippery? Am I going to wipe out again? You right. know, and then you start <laughs> again, taking that baggage with you and it's going to affect your performance yep. day. Yep. Up. And, 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 and yeah, you, you want to take those bags with you on that ride? No, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I don't. It's like, it's like, okay, this is the challenge for the day. This is what we're going to work on. And that's that. And the other thing is you want to also have, and this is why you guys, um, having a good start line, a good start. Mm-hmm. And the start is not just the dog and not just the physical start, but a good mental start. Yeah. Is super important. The better your start is, whatever that is, the better your performance. If you have a bad start, I'm going to guarantee you the rest of it's not going to go much better. So always take your time at that start. And I think people in whatever type of competition you have the mm-hmm. start people don't pay really much attention to it and yeah. for some of those starts it's for people it's the day in the morning of you're like oh i hope he does well no we're gonna do well we have and have a have a cause consistent like this is all the stuff we bring and when you go to that start line deep breaths in for two out for four no matter what competition you're in and you have your start line your start line whatever it is, should be paramount. Mm-hmm. Whatever else happens, if your start is good, you have a much higher, much higher incidence of that whole trial going very well. Yeah. So let's, let's break that down just a little bit. Let's talk about the breathing because that's super important. And I, you know, growing up, I used to, um, I used to ride horses competitively and we did a lot of breathing before we went into the ring. Um, and I do yoga and meditation and breathing is a huge part of it. And I know that for me personally, that really helps me relax myself, kind of relax my jitters. So is there, are there, you just mentioned kind of an in for two yes, out for four. Right. For those of you who don't do meditation or yoga or whatever, it is a good it's good practice. So you take a deep breath in for two count of two and out for the count of four. It relaxes. It really relaxes your 
there's a nerve that it, it relaxes. I can't remember what it is. I'll, I'll have to look at the base. So whatever. It, it's vagus like, nerve, maybe. Yeah. Like your vasovagal response. Yeah. Yes. And it relaxes that when you, when you breathe out slow. So before you start your race in for two, out for four, nice and controlled, it is amazing how that works every yeah. time. So you should incorporate that into your starts for every yeah. single race. That should be part of it. And yeah. I know you guys have somebody walk your dog up to the start line, right? Usually. So, yeah. yeah, usually. Uh, so when when you, that's happening, that's when you should probably, in your, in your sport, that's where your breathing should be happening. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a great time because someone else kind of has control over your dog. So you can, you don't have to worry about them for just a minute and you can calm yourself down. Right. So that's kind of a nice... That was a really nice, that's a really nice in that you have because it, yeah. some of the other sports, you're there with your dog. Nobody else is handling yeah. your dog. So yeah. you guys have a really a good, a good. It's a convenient cue for us. It yeah. is a, Someone grabs the harness on your dog, cue, cue the human to breathe. <laughs> right. And then you have a better start, right? Yeah. Because you're going to start in a better place. So yeah. you are lucky, you are lucky that your sport has that. Right, because mm -hmm. some of the sports don't have that. You have to mentally, like that would be a cue for you. Somebody grabs your dog, um, and I don't in training. If you do that in training, that would be a great place to practice it. And that's yeah. the thing, guys. If you're gonna work on this stuff, work on it in practice and training. Because okay. I, because I'm, I'm gonna be honest. When we first started trying to incorporate it, I just told them what to do, and I said do this at trial, and it wasn't working that well because they would forget to do it because they weren't yeah. used. So then I bought it into our training and, and, you know, start your start line, take a breath, blah, blah, blah. They got so used to doing it in training that it became very natural for them to do it in trial. Yeah. So we could do it in practice just without someone holding our dogs. We can cue our dogs to line out. We can sit there for a moment. And before we let them go, right. practice those two deep breaths or three, whatever you need to kind of calm your nerves so that it becomes habit. Right. So then when you get to that race environment, you don't forget do. to do it. And also you should have something that you think about before you go. Like I have the best dog ever and do, a, and I do it like you're not able to physically touch your dog because it's out in front of you, but you're yeah. able to look at a part of your dog. So you can look as you're taking the deep breath, look at the, maybe the top tips of your dog's ears. <laughs> if you have yeah. pointy ones. Um, <laughs> For me, I can look at Lennon's wagging tail that never stops moving. <laughs> right. And you could look at that and take a breath and it's like, oh, we, Take two, take your whatever breaths, like you said, and it's like, oh, we're gonna have, we're gonna have fun, or we, we've got this, or yeah, we're 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 ready. Whatever your last thought is before you give that dog your cue, should be a very positive thought. So you start nice and easy and smooth, and I and the at that point you're starting in such a good place that if you need to make adjustments during your race. You, you're mentally able to do that because I think yeah. that's the problem too. If you're starting all stressed out and something happens during the race or during your situation, you're going to then not be able to respond as easily and effort effortlessly as if you yeah. were when you're in a calmer place. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, so I know that a lot for agility or nose work, you might do some kind of like visualization. I think you guys probably do this quite a bit with agility because you know, agility, your course, yeah. 
you yeah. know exactly what it's going to look like. You can right. kind of close your eyes and walk yourself through that. Um, I think that that would be something helpful too for our dog powered sports, you know, for our local can across races and things that are not sanctioned, we might not know exactly what the course is going to look like. Um, you know, if we haven't run at that particular park before, but you know, a lot of the times at these events, we'll have a meeting in the morning where we'll kind of get a little bit of a rundown on what that course is going to look like. Um, so talk to us a little bit about visualization and how it works and how we might apply it. So for for sports like yours and nose work and barn mm -hmm. work, you don't know where the, where the rats are. You don't know yeah. where the hides are and you don't know what your course is. Right. Yeah. So. In agility, yes, you know the course. You can visualize as you're walking it. You can do all that. For those of for those of us that do sports that doesn't have that ability, you want to rehearse how you want to feel during that race or that search or in that place, right? Okay. You want to you visualize and rehearse how you want to feel. You want to uh -huh. feel calm. You want to feel, you know the breeze blowing in your face you want to visualize how you want to feel because that will carry you through right yeah it's no different yeah you're gonna use how you you want to think about how you want to feel on your rig or on your bike or whatever mm -hmm. you're on um you want to visualize the feeling you you have right yeah that connection yeah. to your dog, if that's what you choose, or the fresh air, or whatever. So you want to visualize how you want to feel. So before you, while you're waiting your turn, you want to mm -hmm. visualize, breathe, how you want to feel because we don't know what's out there, right? Yeah, we don't know. Like we can't say, oh yeah, we we know we're gonna feel. You know, we we see the space for nose work, but we have no idea. Yeah, where that hide is. We have no idea where the heights are going to be. So yeah. we have to, we have to just, so you want to go in there and that's what, what I, and I've, I've found that, that I've used that very effectively with, for mm -hmm. myself and for yeah. my students that you want to, because it's like, you want to, and you want to really, really visualize, like you're going to feel that breeze. You're going to really visualize that, how you're going to feel. And it, it's amazing because you will feel it again when you're in that space, whatever yeah. that space is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Visualize yourself confidently taking turns, you know, exactly. powering, powering effortlessly up those big uphill climbs, Right. you know, feeling, feeling happy and confident that your dog is responding well to all of your cues right. and then letting that, that feeling and that confidence and that positive vibe kind of transfer over yep. to the and race. You wanna really. And you want to, if you have, if you're able to visualize, visualize that the night before, if you know, if you've been there before, because yeah. like for us, uh, like for nose work, we don't know what that environment's going to be usually until that morning. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's how it is day one for us. Um, day two, generally the course is exactly the same. So it'd be much easier for you to then visualize, you know, after right. day one, <laughs> kind of morning of day two, visualize it even with more detail, right. which I think would be helpful. So, so you definitely want to be able to visualize how you want to feel because really yeah. at the end of the day, that's what it's all about, right? Yeah. How yeah. we feel and how we deal with the anxiety because, you know, um, and you want to have something that you think about beforehand and pressure is the amplifier, right? It amplifies yeah. how afraid you are or how excited you are, right? Uh -huh. So you want to make sure that you, you you're you're visualizing that excitement 
And then yeah. even still overexcitement can, can not be great either. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Now that's something interesting that you mentioned is kind of um, how early we should think about things. You know, I, I often the breathing, for example, I know that I do that. Um, well, I will start doing it with my, with my start line routine, but right now I'll generally do it, um, you know, reactively once I'm already starting to feel jitters, I'll do that to kind of calm myself. Right. How much of this visualization and kind of, um, planning should, should we do proactively, you know, regardless of how we're feeling versus, okay, I'm starting to feel nervous. Now let me right. engage myself. Well, and I think once you start doing it at the start line and have a good start and have a nice smooth start, mm-hmm. you will find you'll be able to reel it in a little bit easier when you're able, when you're starting right. to yourself. But yeah, I do, I do breathe too. When I start to get worried about like my dog's not finding something or whatever, mm-hmm. um, I take some deep breaths and, and, but it's, but the thing is when you're very stressed, you might not think to do that. Yeah. Unless, unless you have done it a lot, <laughs> you, you won't remember to do that when you're starting to feel exactly. nervous. So that's yeah. one of those things you want to definitely get used to that. And under, and under pressure, you know, you tend to, you know, people don't breathe, they hold their breath. Mm-hmm. Um, or in your case, since you're depending on if you're physically moving a lot, you can kind of, you know, yeah, really get, uh, get yourself into a, into a situation there if you don't breathe. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Um, now, one thing I know you've talked a little bit about routines. So like having a specific routine at the start line um, for a lot of these events, it, it kind of got me thinking because a lot of people are traveling for these. Like I've traveled over 11 hours to get to these events before. Sometimes mm-hmm. it involves us camping out at these events. So there's a lot of like packing and stuff that we do too. Do you, do you apply some of that routine into what you're packing, how yeah. you're packing? Yep. And what you're thinking about when you're packing is really the key. Okay. It's, it's, it's you're going to, you know, you're going to take your basics, but what you feel, what are you feeling when you are packing? You should be taking your deep breaths. You should be feeling confident. Like we're going to have such a great day tomorrow. We're going to have uh-huh. a great, you know, situation. Remember whatever you feed your mind, right? Um, you want, you know, you don't say, Oh, I hope he, he qualifies. No. Yeah. No, no. It's like, we're going to do, we're going to have a good day and we're going to, we're going to focus on our turns or our going ahead or whatever it is. Um, so you want to really, um, the night before when you're packing, how are you feeling about it? Like, this is going to be great. Feeling confident, feeling calm. And you should be working on those, on, on thinking about those things instead of like, oh, I hope we get there and oh, we might need this. And because you start, I off, hope we don't follow the turns. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. I hope I yeah. don't fall down. It's yeah. like, no, no. You want to, you want to have that calm and confidence when you're packing. So, what you're thinking about when you're packing, you know, thoughts are energy. So, you want to have put that positive, good energy out into the world before you head out. And traveling too, it's like, and you want, you know, and this is where I've gotten more organized as, as I've gotten older. I want to make sure I have everything that I'm going to need and have a checklist if that helps you yeah. and all those things. So then that way you're, you're better prepared because if you're prepared, yeah. there's a lot less to worry about. Right? Yeah. A lot less stress involved. Yeah. And, 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 if, and if you have a hard time the night before, right. Um, yeah. Take some deep breaths. Stop. Take a minute and just. Yeah collect yourself before you continue on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
I find that important too, just kind of pausing yourself and collecting yourself instead of letting yourself kind of spiral, you know, because once you start getting worked up about something, it's very easy to let that become a much bigger thing. Right. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Now, in terms of like packing and organization, do you even recommend that people put things in the same places, you know, kind of either in their bags or in their cars to help with day of? you know, car setup and stuff. Yeah. And, and that, to be honest, I leave it, it's like whatever works for you Yeah, in that space, right? Whatever you are comfortable with and you are able to, to, um, you, you're going to do it, it makes it good for you. So yeah, if you're, yeah. If that works for you, great. If you are one of those people who remembers where they put everything and it's all then it's it's fine so that whatever wherever and whatever you do in that in that point has to be what works for you and for your dog right yeah yeah if you're going to be frantic and you're not going to know and you're just going to throw things together and that doesn't work for you then you need to change that <laughs> yeah but yeah people can just throw everything together and they are fine yeah <laughs> they can handle it. i am not yeah <laughs> i am a, i have a checklist before we go and pack things in the same places because once i get there i need to be able to just reach in my bag and know where it is right but some people i've seen people you, you're like really that's how you pack and they <laughs> and they're like yeah i know it's right here and you're yeah. like yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> you know i know people like that they're like i'm yeah. like oh my god that's interesting yeah good for you good for you yeah Yeah. depends on what works that's what i mean whatever you do and that's why with your start line routine you have to find a routine that works for you and for your dog yeah there's not a one size fits all because i I could tell you oh you could do this this and that and if you can't really do it or that's not part of who you are Mm -hmm. it's not gonna work yeah it's just not yeah now I think one of the things that's kind of interesting about dog powered sports, which is, is similar for you guys for nose work is that often we are multi-dog households. And when we're traveling, we're bringing lots of dogs with us, you know, and it's, uh, we could be entering the dogs in separate classes. And then we only really have to worry about the warm up and routine of one dog. Sometimes it involves people hooking four, six plus dogs together. And then you have to worry about that kind of start line routine and prep for each individual dog. So as a person coming with a very experienced behavior background and a person coming from experience with mental management and day of kind of routine setup, are there specific things you look for um, when you're looking at each individual dog, trying to figure out what they need on race day? And this is besides, you know, making sure that they've eaten and drink inappropriately when they're supposed to or gone to the bathroom beforehand. You know, are there any things behaviorally you look at to make sure that each dog is kind of mentally prepared? Uh, definitely. Um, depend on like I, I have. Uh, three dogs that I'm actively competing with. Um, so it's a different dog every time. You cannot have the same start line routine. I mean, if you're doing a pack of dogs, like yeah. uh, I know Noelle does sledding, so she has a pack of dogs. And yeah. and, 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 a, and for her, it's, it's a little challenging and that some of the pack aren't hers. Yeah. Right? They're, they're not hers. They're so she doesn't know them very well. She doesn't you know she knows them some, but not not very well. It's so that's where you want a routine. That's that the do, dogs 
dogs that may be a little concerned or a little bit worried, having mm -hmm. the same setup routine is really important for those dogs. Yeah, those dogs that are a little bit more sensitive. Right, those dogs that tend to be a little more sensitive, a little bit more worried. Having a nice solid routine for each of them is really important because then let's say you start, you, you hook up one dog, then you hook up the other dog. And as long as you do it the same way every time, It'll help the dog being like understand. Okay, this is what we're getting ready to do. Instead of changing it up all the time, where they're not uh, comfortable and it can cause additional stress if the dog is not sure what's going to go on. So, with if you have if you have a dog on your team that may be a little more sensitive, I think it's important that you definitely get more predictive of what, yeah. how you how you set them up, how you hook them up, when you hook them up, um, uh, when you when you grab them, when you, you know what I mean? And yeah, how long they're staying in the car versus right. out on the tie out, you know, getting right. to see all the stimulation too, because right. it can be a loud and overwhelming environment for them. Right. So then you want to definitely uh, have a pretty regimented routine for the dogs because mm -hmm. that'll help them and it also helps you right yeah um kind of ch uh, check in a little bit more but yeah i think it's i think depending on the sense your dog having a nice solid routine is really uh, on, on putting them together how you take them out of the car is just going to be really really helpful like if, the, yeah. if a dog needs maybe you can throw the ball for a little while before you run them can you do that? Or if you can't do that, what's, what's going to, or maybe go for a little walk, take mm -hmm. a breath, just to spend a little time with that one dog before yep. you, you go on. All those things are going to matter when you have a multiple, multiple dogs. Like I would, uh, my lab, when I do nose work with her, it really doesn't, she's very adaptable. She's like, okay, mm -hmm. whatever we do, she knows when we're, what the deal is. And she, she's very easy to, you know, you, you just take her for a walk. She potty, she knows everything to do. My shepherd male is a little more sensitive that way. So yeah. we need to, I spend a little extra time with him, uh, walking him around and getting him used to being in the environment where my lab, I don't have to do that as long. I have to do yeah. it longer with him. So you really have to know what you have as far as your dogs and being able to have that established routine for them really so that they can uh -huh. Comfortable, but be adaptable enough that if you can't do that routine for that day, that you're not going to fall apart and go, "Oh my God, he's not going to do it." Yeah. The dogs are very resilient; they can handle it. <laughs> yeah, dogs are really resilient. Always, always, I am always so impressed by them. <laughs> it's like, wow. Well, I got to tell you, I was very impressed with your sport because that dog is running that trail without a lot of direction from you. Yeah, I mean little bit but yeah yeah and and each course is a little different you know I, I think the video that I had sent you was in a big grass field that was a little bit more challenging some of them are through the woods where it's very easy but you know we give verbal cues for the yep. dog but most dogs are really good about staying on trail and following that trail and it goes to show you they know their jobs yeah it's you know really so we, sometimes we need to just take a deep breath and and let them do their thing yeah because I was like wow that's yeah. Awesome. That was yeah. Really cool. It was very yeah. cool to watch, right? Right. Um, so one thing that you talked a little bit about was um kind of our, our skill set as people. Um and, and you brought it up with the um learning how to drive a car, right? So when I was first learning how to drive a car, I had to think about everything. Get in the car, put my seatbelt on, key in the ignition, turn it on, you know, like everything. And then you don't have room in your brain 
for anything else because right. that's all you can think about. Right. So then, then once we kind of learn how to do something like me now, I could very easily get myself to the grocery store and be like, how the heck did I get here? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> it's a little scary, but it kind of becomes muscle memory for us right. a bit. Right. So talk to us about, you know, some of the skills, especially some of our people who are new to the sport. Um, let's say haven't maybe going to their first uh, bike door race, um, pretty confident on a bike, but maybe don't have all the technical skills they should. If we're thinking in every turn about having to do specific things, how does that impact our overall mindset and our ability to kind of focus on the race as a whole? If we're still trying to pull apart little pieces about, okay, now I got to do this. And now I have to give my dog a cue versus all of it just being muscle memory. Right. So it goes back to, uh, it goes back to pro being process oriented. So mm -hmm. you're, if you're still a beginner, right? Mm -hmm. If you're still a beginner dog, your goal is going to be different, right? If you are a beginner team, yeah. I, I want to be able to be more confident in my turns. And that should be the goal for that race instead yeah. of, right? And that, and I think that's what we, we need to, that's what your focus needs to be on something. If you're, especially if you're just starting, because mm -hmm. it's all the little successes that get you to the big su success. Yeah. So if you're still on a, if you're still learning the technical piece, then the, your process should be, I want to get better at um, turns or mm -hmm. turning the rig or whatever. And the truth is, if you're still, if you have a race where you have a very difficult time, uh, that you're technically still having some problems, then you, then it's one of those things you have to think about. It's like, okay, maybe we need to practice more before we do the yeah. right thing. Because the problem is if you are entering and you're not quite there where you're not as not, and it does not that just should be perfect yeah. but that you're not quite there. Technically you might, because that you're going to bring all those, all that stress to the next trial. Right. Where you're going to improve. Things are going to get better. You are going to do well with your, your you're not going to be the same. You know, you and your dog are not the same. Um, one of the things that we tend to do as people is, oh, well, my dog has problems with this. Yeah. Like three or four years ago. Yeah. <laughs> He's, are you, are we are not the same people we were last year or six months ago? Well, six months ago for most of us. Um, <laughs> but we are not the same people. So yeah. yeah, what might've been a problem for us two or three years ago is not a problem for us now. Same for the dog. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, the dog is reactive. Yeah. Like freaking five years ago. It's not even doing that anymore. It doesn't care, but yeah. we're bringing that with us every time. Yeah. So having, when you trial in that environment where you're not still a hundred, you're not comfortable about your skill set, you really want to either have really more realistic process oriented, you know, like uh -huh. what we're going to work on. We're going to see where we're at, or we're going to use it as an assessment. Because right. usually that's what I tell people is use this race or this trial as an assessment to see where you are. And yeah. so when you look at it as an assessment, you don't, you don't worry about all the other stuff. You're, yeah. you're like, let's see how we're, how we're going to do. You go in there with a different mindset. That's going to, that's going to serve you. You're going to yeah. come away with that from that race going, well, I did this really well. I did that really well. I've got this now. Now we can, you know, move on. So yeah. I always tell my folks, your first race at a new, your first trial at a new level should be an assessment. Where are you? 
I'm ready here to be here. And if you look at competition and and races in that way, it really does take a lot of that pressure off. And it's amazing how, how, how well people do when they take that pressure off because it's like, well, I just want to see where we're at. And we had a few students that they titled because their focus wasn't the title. Their focus was let's see where we are. Let's just do the thing and have fun. Right. Let's see where we are as a team and have a good day with, with dogs. I really love that um, mindset that serves you because I think it's again, race day jitters. We can get all of these nerves going and that is not a mindset that is going to suit you well. It is going to, it is going to increase your anxiety. It's going to increase, um, you know, your likelihood to only focus on the negatives Mm -hmm. and not be able to enjoy what you're doing, you know, not be able to enjoy the time with your dog and reflect on it in a positive way. And that simply changing our mindset to something that serves us. And it doesn't mean we have to be like uber positive. Life is great. Everything's going to be perfect. Right. But we need to kind of simplify how we're thinking and think about things that are going to benefit us and our team versus worrying and filling our mind with things that are uh, not going to be productive for us. Right. And the other thing, you guys, our dogs didn't ask to do sports. (laughs) They didn't ask yeah. to do competitions they're just doing it with us because they love us and they want to enjoy the time yeah. and and the truth is our they're not with us very long so and yeah. at the end of the day um you're not going to remember all the stuff you've won you're going to remember moments that you've had in those competitions so at least that's true for me yeah. <laughs> i yeah. I had a lot of very successful trials with my dog, but I only, I remember moments of, uh-huh. uh, of those trials, not, um, and I think, and, and, and I know there's so much about being present, but it really, it really does matter to the dog. And when you are present, it's like everything else melts away and you don't yeah. worry about much. Um, being there present with your, with your companion is just the best feeling ever. And it's, yeah. And that's what you should strive to feel that being present with them and just hanging out and just being with them. Cause it's no different than any other relationship we have. Right. Mm-hmm. We want to be present with that person. Um, yeah. That person and with our dogs too, like be there in that moment with that dog. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I was walking to the start line with my lab and she, <laughs> and we're walking past a little, a truck and there was a little hitch and they usually put hides on those hitches. She was like, uh, it was a, just a wonderful, I, we were just, I was just really connected with her that day. We we're really yeah. together and hanging out. She walks past it. She sniffs it and she goes, Oh, it's not there. Keep on going. <laughs> She's like, like, there's sometimes hides here. I'm going to check it out. <laughs> and it wasn't even a, and it wasn't even a, we weren't even searching yet. We we're on yeah. our way. And, and those were, and that was that. So, took the edge off as we got to the line. She, I just laughed so hard. I'm like, Oh my God. She could, yeah. I'm just going to sniff all the way there because that's what yeah. we do. And, it and, just, if, and if you weren't in the moment with her, you wouldn't have been able to appreciate that. Yep. Or if no, you were stressed no. about what you were doing, you know, you right. would have come on, ruin, you know, and just right, right. Along yeah. and miss it. Like, oh, I'm going to check it. And she sniffed it on the way. I go, well, we're good girl. <laughs> She's like, I'm, I'm already working. I know what we're going to be doing. Exactly. Right. <laughs> and that's, and that's actually really true. Cause she had, you know, for her and our sport, 
the harness as it is in your sport. The yeah. harness is a cue. Like we're going to be doing yeah. this stuff. We're going to be yeah. doing this thing, right? So it's very yeah. cool. It's very cool when the dog's like, oh, we're, we're doing that thing again. So that's a lot for a lot of dogs. Once they've been doing it a while, yeah, that cue. And they're like, oh, this is great. This is exciting, right? And being in that moment is just the, the really coolest thing. So the other thing I wanted you to, the a little exercise I want to give you is I want you to practice being present, doing something that you do every day. So for example, I want you to really focus on the, like for me, I'm a coffee drinker. I like coffee. I pr think about putting the grounds in the coffee machine or the French press, boiling the water, really being present in that moment of making your tea, your coffee, whatever routine, brushing your teeth, something that you do every day and practice being present in that moment every day doing that particular thing because that is how you get good at it right uh -huh. so if you practice it away from dogs where you're practicing being mentally there present doing i you know that's one of the exercises i give people i yeah. want you to pick something that you do every day usually most of us brush our teeth or have coffee or have a morning tea or whatever it is i want you to be present in that moment or take your dog for a walk and be present during that walk what do you notice yeah. What do you notice uh, on that walk? What did you feel? What did you, some of the smells that you had to be very, very in, present in that moment that you will get used to doing it so that when you have to do it at a trial, it's a piece of cake. Yeah, I, I really like that. And I think that for someone who has not done that, the first time you do it, the first few times you do it, it's a lot harder than you think it is because oh, yeah. we, you know, we always have screens in front of us. There's always noise in the background. We're always multitasking and thinking about what I'm doing next or what just happened and my conversation right. with so-and-so, you know, and so it's to be completely present can take a lot of practice. Yep. So doing it with something really mundane that you do every day. Right. I love that. You know, right. it's a really easy way to kind of ease your way into the process. Right. Like I did it, I did it with coffee, like, yeah. and, and then once the coffee was made, how it, how it felt, the cup feels in my hand and how that whole process. And now it's amazing. I do it every day. Like, yeah. I, like I, my first cup of coffee is my favorite time. Cause it's like, I'm so there, the yeah. smell, everything there, about it. There's no stress. It's just wiping away everything and being there. Right. And, it's, I, love that. and I do it now every day. It took, but, but it took a few tries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Cause I, my mind is always busy doing stuff and I'm thinking about uh -huh. stuff all the time. So it really was hard. It took me about a week to get like a hundred percent. Right. <laughs> because I'd be present. Then I'm like, okay, it's gone. <laughs> yeah, okay. Focus again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it took me a little while to get there. So don't be discouraged yeah. if you can't get there right away, but yeah. practice it. It'll, you'll get there and then it'll be, it'll be, just part of your routine. So that is one of those exercises I give you. Like think about, and it, it should be something you do every day because then it's easy to, 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 you get to practice it every single day. Yeah, I like that. Well, thank you, Nancy, so much for joining us. This was absolutely fantastic. Nancy is full of helpful information for us getting our head in the game. In dog-powered sports, we have to remember that we are a team, so having our own personal mental blocks or anxieties can definitely impact the performance our dog gives. 
For more information about mental management with Nancy Reyes and For Your Canine, visit www.foryourcanine.com forward slash canine sports. So, until next time, have fun chasing tails on the trails. Oh, 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 oh,